Hello and welcome to Cinema to the Letter. This episode, it's that egregious film known as Wish Upon. On Cinema to the Letter, we break down the very nature of cinema, letter by letter. For each episode of a film miniseries topic, we cover six films that fit either C for classic, I for indie, N for new, E for egregious, M for masterpiece, or A for atypical. Who doesn't love an acronym, am I right? I am Thomas, and I'm here doing what all the cool kids do, which is call people hot based on hot sauce levels. (laughs) Um, hi, I'm Brian, and I, uh, I, all, I dig the multiverse. Oh, good. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would. Uh, especially based on, like, how much I know you love all of the, the MCU-related material oh, so man. much. You love that multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not, the only, we're not the only two here, Brian, uh, because we do have a guest here uh, who you might recognize her from uh, other Talk Film Society podcasts, like Have a Nice Apocalypse or the main podcast over there. It is uh, Siobhan Irving. Siobhan, welcome to the show. I am Siobhan, and uh, I have smegma. (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, we don't always ask for a gift from our guests, but we appreciate it. Fantastic. 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But welcome, Siobhan, here for um, our E for Egregious pick, sort of the middle of our spooky season. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm happy to do this. I want to do this. I want to be here. Right, we didn't force Siobhan on the show <laughs> at gunpoint. We didn't, no matter how much, because it sounds like she's just delighted. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm very happy, and I'm especially happy to come on the bad episode. I really am. And I'm not joking. I want to do. If I ever come on again, keep bringing me on the bad shit. I want. I want. You to have that slot guaranteed. It's yeah, it's your reserved you. space. Even if we have someone else on, we kick them out. <laughs> I'm an e girl. <laughs> true eager <laughs> yes uh but so uh we're we're here talking about the egregious pick but i'm curious from the both of you the so bad it's good movie that concept of finding a movie sort of like unintentionally funny and engaging with it on that level siobhan i'm very curious because you're a very sincere podcaster whenever i hear you you're always 100 percent like the, this is exactly how i feel either way there's no there's not as much irony mm. i would say from hmm. what I've gleamed based on the things I've heard of the show from you. But so I'm curious, how do you feel about that concept of the So Bad It's Good movie? Uh, well, thank you for saying that. I always try to bring sincerity to everything I do. Right. Um, and I'm a true professional, and I'm glad you noticed. I think, okay, the So Bad It's Good concept. Obviously, there is a level of laughing at a thing that maybe is unintentionally... Or not intended to be laughed at. There's like mystery science theater shit, right? Like I grew up watching right. mystery science theater. I, I love or loved at a time mystery science theater. But I think as I've grown up, kind of uh, my ta- my tastes have changed as a movie watcher. I just take that as entertainment. And like if I am entertained by a movie, I don't care how I am entertained by it. 
I I think I tend to just think of it as kind of a good movie. Um, like, uh, like an example, like that, the gods of Egypt movie. Have either of you seen that? Oh yeah. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. (laughs) It's, it's truly absurd, insane movie that like kind of fails at a lot of what it's trying to do, but (laughs) it's so incredibly entertaining and so like funny Mm -hmm. and unintentionally funny that like, I think I love that movie (laughs) like four, four stars or more level. And so, like, I, I kind of don't agree with the so bad it's good concept. I think this, like, if it is bad, it still can be good, if that, if that makes sense. I think that makes sense, yeah. I would say so. But what about, um, Brian, do you agree with that sentiment? Or how do you feel about that? Okay. Yeah, it kind of goes into that sort of, like, that, like, the guilty pleasure thing where, like, not to sound like a, you know, pretentious or anything, but I don't really believe in, like, guilty pleasures because, like, if I enjoy it, then it's, like, I don't know, I think it's good. But as far as the, like, kind of so bad it's good when it comes to, like, horror movies and, and just movies in general, like, yeah, I, I'm kind of falling into that same category as you, Siobhan, as I, like, get a bit older where I'm, like, e- even if things are bad, I think there there is an enjoyment you can get from them and an entertainment from them. And, like, it may not be good from, like, a critical, you know, mm-hmm. perspective or anything, but, like, I don't know, pretty fun. Um yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I fall into into that category. Um, I think for me, like I, I usually just use the sort of so bad it's good thing as more of a marker because I generally agree with like what you both are talking about. Because like in terms of, I think so bad it's good often gets used in sort of more malicious ways, uh, just based on mm-hmm. sort of that that moniker. Yes, because I mean I've that's seen plenty like, of times where... I don't think it's a bad thing. Like exactly what you're saying right now. Right. Let me cut off your point to say your point before you can. <laughs> right. Thank you. I appreciate that. So that I could have said it. Um, but I think the thing is for like for that the, the sort of so bad it's good thing. I think it's just more just a delineation point because say if a, somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, Thomas, what's like a good horror movie that I could watch?" I'm not going to recommend like Wish Upon blindly, for example, because I would recommend anybody watch this movie. But I don't think it's necessarily like achieving exactly what it wants to but at the same time i find that a lot more endearing than say like a really terrible like massive budget movie especially yeah that just kind of like slogs and is dull and isn't that engaging to me fully agree i don't want to say i'm totally positive about everything like i there is totally bad it's bad like uh my most recent example of that is meg 2 the trench i was miserable yes, watching that. hundred percent agree. And that movie that. tries so hard to be the so bad it's good thing. They're they're trying to replicate that and they can't do it. It's more in the Sharknado vein. That kind of yeah, thing. it is. Where like when you're trying too hard and you're winking at us about it, mm-hmm. that doesn't mm-hmm. like work ever. Exactly. Um, as opposed to being sincere, especially when it's just like a smaller budget movie that is done especially by like say someone who maybe English isn't their first language and they're making their first big American movie like Miami Connection. Something like that. Amazing cinema. Beautiful yeah, cinema. Yeah, sin- sincerity is the word. I tend to, like, f- think emotionally about movies. And if I if I can, like, feel sincerity coming from the filmmakers, actors, whatever, people on the screen, people behind the scenes, like, if you can feel that coming through the screen, like, the movie has some amount of worth to me. Right. All this is prefaced to say that uh, that's kind of why I decided to program Wish Upon for this horror series. So we'll jump into Wish Upon after we get a bit of the trailer right here. What are you? There have been others who've had the box. 
They all died in freak accidents. And now it's come to you. My bad. I wish Darcy Chapman would just go rot. It's controlling you! So yeah, Wish Upon. Uh, Wish Upon came out July 14th, 2017 uh, from director John R. Leonetti, who is an interesting director, but just his whole career in general is fascinating. Where, like, he started out where, like, his dad uh, was apparently, like, a gaffer on stuff like The Wizard of Oz, like a lot of 30s era sort of, like, big studio movies. And then him and his brother have become, like, camera operators and cinematographers. Matt Leonetti, I believe is his brother's name, was the cinematographer on Poltergeist. And John worked as, like, a camera assistant on that, yeah. And then um, after a while, he got his start in directing with um, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is, um, I think, more in the camp of what we talked about, sort of the the less sincere, sort of cash-grabby movie that doesn't feel as, like, sort of genuinely entertaining to me as something like A Wish Upon, uh, which was a movie that sort of came and went in uh, 2017, but the reason I saw it was because at the time I was still doing, like, horror podcast stuff, and I saw so many, like, especially teen-focused horror movies trying to, like, gain in on, like, sort of the Blumhouse trend. That's a big thing with this movie. It very much is not a Blumhouse movie. It's, like, one of the first Orion movies coming back. Uh, when they kind of restarted that label. Um, but it feels so much like it's trying to be a Blumhouse movie, but in a way that, unlike other sort of rip-offs I saw around that particular time, um, or even some Blumhouse movies I don't genuinely think are good, uh, this movie stuck with me, uh, because I think it's very, very silly and very broad, and trying to appeal to that audience, but in, like, the wackiest ways possible. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, the Blumhouse thing is so fascinating because it, You know, there's so many of these, like, you know, other studios trying to copy the Blumhouse formula of we make them for, like, dirt cheap. We get, like, you know, people who are, are, you know, are known in some, you know, in some way. And then, you know, because it's a horror movie, it makes, like, a ton of money. And this is such a great example of, like, of someone following that trend and then just making something you know not great (laughs) Uh, i wanted to see this movie at the time um just because i thought i thought it looked kind of fun from the trailers i liked the concept of it um and then like i didn't and it completely wiped from my brain i i never thought about it again until thomas you asked me to do this episode and i was actually like super excited like oh that movie yeah i never watched that um Okay, well, Thomas is saying it's bad, but I still want to like I'll still watch it, and I, I, I I'll uh, we're into discussing the movie right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're 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 fresh. So go ahead. What's your take? What's your initial sort of take on Wish Upon? Then I was baffled. <laughs> I was truly <laughs> baffled trying to figure out what this movie was trying to be. It's multiple movies at once. It's like this like. 
like supernatural horror movie that's like kind of dead serious mixed up with a kind of goofy PG uh, teen uh, high school comedy or like middle school comedy, really. And uh, that meshing of ideas is so bizarre, um, especially in the way that they uh, execute on it in this movie. Um, it's like, but it is, it's charming in a way. It's, it's certainly very unique. I can't really think of too many movies like this. Um, and did I enjoy watching it? I still don't know that answer. And it's been like a, <laughs> a few days. Uh, yeah. It's a movie that makes you ponder, really. Absolutely. Really just, uh... Like, I'm thinking about this movie, for sure. <laughs> right. I have not, yeah, ask the I have deep, not difficult just... questions. Like, who is Sriracha hot, really, if you think? <laughs> <laughs> Does Ryan Philippi actually know how to play the saxophone? I mean, clearly. <laughs> that was so authentic Anytime that happened. But, but you know, I, so... I want to get Brian's thoughts, but I think let's do a brief plot summary because this one, as we said, kind of has disappeared off the face of the earth. So uh, <laughs> basically, a Wish Upon is uh, the story of Claire, who's played by Joey King, who you kids might recognize from them Kissin' Booth movies or whatever. That's what, <laughs> oh, that's what wow. they all, apparently, yeah, she's the lead of those. But um, basically, she's a high schooler who's not very popular, um, has had to deal with uh, the suicide of her mother, which is the opening scene of this movie. Um, her mother committing suicide and her seeing it happen. Um, so then she's like going to school. The popular kids make fun of her. She only has her two buddies, uh, Meredith and June, um, who stick with her through thick and thin. Um, and uh, while she's um, over there at school, her father is this guy who literally goes dumpster diving, uh, played by Ryan Philippe, going into dumpsters, taking out trash, seeing what he can find that could be like scrap or valuable. And he ends up finding this mysterious uh, box with Chinese writing on it. Um, so he takes it back as a gift for his daughter. Cause like, Hey, you're studying Chinese. I guess you'll want this ancient box that has fucking <laughs> Chinese writing on it from the trash. Um, so she goes up to her room and she gets the, the box and she makes a wish uh, based on like what later on we find out that it's like a magic box that has sort of properties. And she eventually makes a wish on it. And uh, that causes you know, something wonderful to happen. Um, I believe the first wish... Which one's the first wish? Is it the... It's her, like, it schoolmate. The, her, like, the house? Getting the house? Uh, no, or I think that's like the second wish. Yeah, I think it's what... Um, hold on, I actually have... I'm going to reference this. The Wish Upon Music Box Villain Wiki. <laughs> that, that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, no, her first wish is for the school bully to rot. And so, oh yeah, I remember yes. them making a big deal out of that in the trailer because I remember that being yes. the whole thing in the trailer is that the reveal shot of her like rotting. <laughs> right. So part of her skin starts rotting. So she gets that wish, but because of that, she there's a whole factor of well, if you make a wish, then something has to die. In this case, initially, it's her dog Max. Poor boy, poor puppy. Can't believe it. Uh, but. Um, as you know, this goes along, she's like, okay, should I, she starts making the connections and she starts realizing like, all right, with a wish comes a death and all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's a very odd little beast of a movie. Now, Brian, you mentioned you'd seen the trailer. So when I told you about this movie, did you like remember it at all? Or did you have to like 
look back on it or whatever. Yeah, there was there was a time from like I don't know maybe 2016 to maybe 2018 where I would I would basically see anything that was in a theater. Um, and I remember when this movie was coming out, I saw like the trailer a bunch of times, and I was like, this looks bad. I probably won't see it. Um, and I didn't. And I had, you know, kind of remembered it as, like, just a forgotten horror film of the 2010s. Um, and then, yeah, when you had you had suggested this movie, I sort of instantly remembered this, like, this trailer. And I knew, I knew what kind of vibe it was. And, yeah, what a, <laughs> what a movie. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, this is not a great movie. But I think it is very entertaining in yeah. the choices that it makes, in the choices that a lot of the characters make. It is very entertaining because you just never know what dumb choice is going to be made next, as we'll discuss, I think. But yeah, this is such a wild, weird movie. <laughs> 100%. Especially, like, considering... This movie, as you mentioned, is trying to kind of do the Blumhouse thing, so it's trying to have, like, oh, there's a spooky artifact of some sort uh, with the, we'll just call it light racism of the Chinese music (laughs) box. Um, Because they don't... Yeah. They don't ever go super... (laughs) Even though, I mean, I will say Ki Hong Lee, who plays, like, the sort of love interest Ryan, is of Korean descent. So it's interesting. With, like, his cousin being the expert. Like, both that Mm. and that actress as well, uh, Alice Lee. I believe, or Korean. I don't know. Uh, but hey, she really digs on Chinese writing. <laughs> What's the line? Yeah, it's what, so dumb. What, what is that about? <laughs> That's a weird <laughs> hobby for a child to have. Also, I want to say, Ryan Phillippe just finding this box and giving it to his daughter. This thing looks valuable. Does it not? Yeah. His whole thing really is does, trying yeah. to find... <laughs> his, I, I know he he knows his daughter is into ancient Chinese writing, I guess. But still, like this... This is his job. This is how he makes his livelihood is searching through trash. And like, it looks like you found a gold mine, dude. <laughs> like, why Why would you just give it to your daughter? I know, just kind of like if you found like an old Pharaoh text of some sort and just like, here's <laughs> my little girl can play with it. Yeah, like, sure, I don't do like it. <laughs> this ancient tablet, yeah. Like, you want to just... I don't know, you like the iPad so much, here's this tablet. <laughs> Here's a, here's a question for for both of you. Do you think that the the design of the the box, whatever this thing is, do, do you like do you like it? Do you think it's like a cool looking mm. design for it? It's it's fine. I don't know. It's not it's not that memorable. I, even, right now, I'm trying to conjure it, and I can remember certain bits of it, but I cannot picture the whole box. I don't even know. Really yeah, I'm looking it. at a picture of the box on a music box has a villain fandom wiki. Which is amazing. Yeah. It has a very funny. detailed, a very detailed one, by the way. <laughs> that I'm very, I was very surprised to find out. And he's, I love it. It's like the box is listed as an evildoer. <laughs> and just by the way, full name unknown. Um, it has powers. It's because it has hobbies, tormenting with its owners, <laughs> claiming souls, playing music. You know, like we all do. Same. The music box is just like us. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think... The thing is, the music box, it's very clearly trying to kind of evoke sort of like the, oh, it's this cursed object kind of thing, which is common in horror movies. Um, But when I think of, like, the better examples of that, it's like any of the artifacts that are in, like, that one room in the Conjuring movies where Ed and Lorraine, like, have all their stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's the kind of thing where it's like, it looks kind of dusty, it looks old, as opposed to this looks like a designed prop. A well-designed prop. 
but still just it is 100% like a movie prop. There's no like sort of age on it. Totally. Yeah, and it is interesting to note that like the director, Leonetti, made the first Annabelle movie, which is not... Ugh. Yes. Yeah, not, not not the good one. one. One of the most disappointing theater experiences of my life. <laughs> yeah you're so hyped coming off of conjuring and then you go to that movie in a packed theater and everybody leaves with just emotionless faces (laughs) like good lord yeah not near as memorable as wish upon genuinely uh we're like you've so you got this box and you've got her making these wishes and the, the whole thing is like it takes her a bit too long to recognize the pattern of i make a wish something happens and something dies Oh, I think it? it's not until like the fourth or so <laughs> like wish yeah. Yeah, right. that happens, uh, which is part of what I love, especially from like, I think Joey King, who I remember I first saw, like it was around, I think she was in uh, the, the Oz the Great and Powerful, uh, terrible movie, but she played the little like China girl <laughs> in that. And I remember seeing her just in like a bunch of things. She was a solid kid actress. And I think she's genuinely very talented as an actress, but it's so weird seeing her be genuinely invested in, like, something this ridiculous. I think that's part of the charm to me, is I think all the, the actors, maybe except for Ryan Philippe, who looks in a distant, sort of, like, he's got, like, a yeah, Vietnam he, steer going on anytime he's, like, he looking at things. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does, that's true. That, that's even in McGrooper, he kind of has that. <laughs> I have only seen Joey King in, like, not, I have, I have never seen any of the Kissing Booth films. I'm going on record in saying that. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. But, Cinematic um, blind spots for all of us, I guess. <laughs> They are. Um, I, I thought she was pretty good in a movie I do not like, uh, Bullet Train. Yes. It's much in line with, like, just bad high school performances. I mean, like, there's just so many of those. And It's not helped by also that the fact that she kind of has, like, the Caitlin Deaver thing. They have looked ageless ever since I first saw them, like, 10 years ago. She's 24, and she has 70 uh, IMDb credits already. Yeah, she's been acting Jesus. for a while. Good lord. Right. But I think that that also, it, it, that doesn't help with certain things. Like, I think the casting of, I mentioned him earlier, Ki Hong Lee, who plays Ryan, who I remember from, like, Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, he had, like, the, he was Kimmy's first boyfriend on that show. But um, he's clearly, like, 12 years older than her. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he's he's older than any of the other high schoolers, or the actors who play high schoolers in this. It's, like, insane. Anytime he's, like, near her or kind of, like, getting sort of close and romantic to her. It's like, this feels weird. Stop all of this. I, uh, I, I, I will say though, I like Ryan. I, mm-hmm. I think he's kind of cool. I don't know. Um, yeah, I was kind of rooting for for him, you know, cause he's, you know, he's, he's trying to make moves and, uh, he's kind of fumbling it a little bit, but, um, no, I was, I was rooting for him. I like him. I don't know. I have way more investment in the, the young lady who, ends up realizing the wishes cause deaths and keeps wishing for things. Such a likable <laughs> protagonist who totally would do that. She, she goes mad with power, like, after her, after it kills her, like, best friend or whatever. Yes. And she still keeps doing it. Like, that was a weird, weird dynamic. I was not expecting that. Well, especially when I think they try and make it feel like it's her sort of doing this out of, like, desperation. Like, she's almost, like, addicted to wishing. Because she yeah. just, she's like, I'll just make one more wish. Like, she does that, I think, yeah, at, like, right. the sixth wish. <laughs> just like, I'm going to do one more, man. That's all I need. But... <laughs> I need my fix of wishes. And that's the thing. is like, her sort of character journey is so weird. Where, like, the, the fact that her first wish is to, like, make Darcy rot, I think is very telling. 
to like just yeah. like oh okay that's your first instinct is that not like you know even the boyfriend falling in love with me which we'll talk about uh, Paul oh boy <laughs> uh, her boy toy Paul because <laughs> even like the wishes are like it's Darcy rotting Paul fall in love with her her getting the fortune from Uncle August uh, which I love how the fact that, that character is introduced when like she bumps into like in front of him. And it's like, are you okay? Yeah, no problem. It's like, oh, by the way, that's your, like, uncle who disowned us. <laughs> He's super rich. <laughs> super rich. <laughs> and lives apparently across the way. Enough for you to, like, ride on your bike over to his house. <laughs> then it's, um, Jonathan stops being a dumpster diver and becomes cool. Uh, her dad. And then, um, she gets popular. Which, love that that's, like, wish number five. You'd figure that would be, like, number two. Or yeah. <laughs> at least by number three. Um, then it's uh, that her mother wouldn't commit suicide, which I also, that's like wish number six. Fine, cool. Um, and then uh, for everyone to revert back at the very end. So that just numbering of the wishes, that sequence of events, I think just very telling of like, I don't know what they wanted to do with this character necessarily, because she seems like kind of a piece of shit from the yeah, start. really. And <laughs> it's, it's like truly... Another- a thing I, like, realized is, because, like, the, Ryan's, like, what is it? It's his cousin, right, who, like, translates the, yes. the box? Yeah, his cousin, like, dies, right? It, it, he, like, waits, like, a few days, first off, to, like, tell her, and to confront her and be like, hey, have you made any more, uh, any more wishes from that, uh, crazy box? And she's like, no, what do you mean? It's, it's fine. It's, it's normal. It then proceeds to keep making wishes. But then after that goes... Oh wait, it's the box that's causing people to die. <laughs> like realize it. After. It's like, yeah. Are you what? How how have you not realized this yet? <laughs> Wild. Uh, but I'm cu- curious. So, where was the moment for you where it's sort of kind of turning into that? Like, oh, this is like a fascinating, perplexing movie in its own right. <laughs> oh man, I think like when it when she. I think it's when she wishes like to get the fortune i'm like right. oh okay this is what this is this is what we're doing now and the i'm i i am sorry to her uncle what what is her name august or whatever uncle august yes, yes. our beloved uncle august his death scene where he dies in like this incredibly beautiful like bathtub is it's just a little silly. What are you talking about? I think the Fonk sound effect was very authentic. When he it's, the the for, it's the four. Yeah, that forward bonk is really what gets me. Leaves an indentation on his forehead. Like, yes. As if he got shot in the head. As often happens, you've never been hit with a faucet. It just leaves a shotgun bullet right in your fucking forehead. What about you, Siobhan? Where did you start kind of like being interested in the weird baffling decisions here. What was the first really interesting baffling decision? It was the first, it was the very first wish where she wished for the girl to rot. And the, the girl like was like having her leg amputated or something. And her face was uh, permanently scarred. And these characters that are supposed to be the, the, our protagonists are like laughing at her and like taking joy in this fact uh, that to be fair, uh, at least like um, I know uh, she was Claire a bully. Doing that. Like... It's Meredith, her buddy uh, <laughs> Meredith, played by Sydney Park, is the one who really she's like, yeah, good. I love the fact <laughs> that she's like rotting. <laughs> they all they all do it. Like she like I know she is the one that is most vocal, but the other ones are also kind of snickering and like like immediately like you set up the characters that 
they all suck. And like, like uh, I, I, that from there, I was like, okay, what, just like, whatever, like, what the fuck I'm here. Yeah. It just keeps having such weird, tiny little moments like that all throughout it. I think for me, it's the smegma bit, which Siobhan referenced earlier, <laughs> which is where like, they try and take her down by calling her smegma and then giving her the definition where it just feels like this, this whole movie kind of has the, the the sort of production feel to me of like this was greenlit by producers who are in like cigar heavy like meeting rooms and are just like <laughs> what do the kids like this like <laughs> loses what do, what do the kids like for me yeah. yeah but I think in a way that like it doesn't feel as cynical as those other ones like there are, there are other examples of this where it's just like oh people are like skateboarding in the nineties or whatever as opposed to like this feels so much more like well let's try and make something that's eerie and has because it's like about 12 million dollars it's not like a totally like low budget affair but it does constantly just sort of feel like we're trying to appeal to kids in the way of like the steve buscemi character from the 30 rock meme where it's like he is sincerely trying to say how do you do fellow kids even though he's just (laughs) not pulling it off that's what this movie is just the living embodiment of the steve buscemi meme to me it's so much of the writing feels like that like this is written by by men in their like 40s and 50s just so much of the writing is like that to me uh, especially of like the teenage characters where it just is like no one talks like that no one has ever talked that way and it's adds even more to the kind of weirdness of this movie but I mean, we should credit the actual screenwriter is barbara marshall so it's a lady in her oh. 40s to 50s um, who, by the way, also wrote uh, on Stargate Universe and recently uh, wrote both a remake of The Bad Seed and then the television sequel, The Bad Seed Returns. <laughs> I don't know if either of you cared as much, but I was absolutely uh, aghast. Um, yes, I know who you're talking about. So set, set this up. Who, who's the actress that plays the neighbor, Siobhan? Who, who's yes. the neighbor to, to our Joey King? Very early on in the movie, we meet, um, <laughs> we meet uh, Joey King's neighbor and Ryan Phillippe's neighbor, uh, and my jaw absolutely dropped uh, when I saw that it was played by Sherilyn Fenn, uh, Audrey yep. from Twin Peaks. Uh, I, I love her so much. She's like one of the most beautiful women to ever live. I don't get to see her very often. I did not know she was in this movie. And when she, when she showed up not, not joking, not exaggerating in any way, I, I got chills. My mouth went agape and I dropped my phone. <laughs> like I was just so stunned that Sherilyn Fenn is here. And I was so happy. This is where Audrey was in The Return, I believe. This is the universe <laughs> that she was stuck in. <laughs> like, if we saw her husband, it would be that that one guy who constantly talks to her in The Return. This is the same year as The Return, right? It, yes, is. it is, yeah. Holy that shit. Yeah. Bizarre. <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I also was deeply surprised when I saw it, especially theatrically, because they did not advertise her at all in this movie. And I was very shocked, particularly with... I would argue, like, of the various sort of deaths that we get in this movie, we haven't talked much about the horror movie's deaths, but I love her death so much in this movie. It is so bafflingly constructed. <laughs> yeah. And I think she she tries so hard to sell it. 
and it's so funny. <laughs> but I know, uh, Ryan, you're also a Twin Peaks fan, so I'm sure you were shocked to see her as well. Yeah, I had because I had looked at the when we were discussing like uh, that we were covering this movie. We I had looked at the the cast list, and I went, hmm, one of these is very interesting, and it's not Ryan Phillippe. Shannon Purser, I love yeah. Barb. <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah, she was a surprise too. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why does she look so familiar? And then I was yeah. like, oh right, she was Barb from the that fucking show. Yeah, but Cheryl and Finn, like, because she doesn't do that many movies at all right like no uh, I, yeah post twin peaks she did not do a lot of stuff yeah which is unfortunate because she is absolutely yeah. incredible on that show but like yeah and and just how sweet she is kind of at first like very kind of sweet like hi how are you how are you doing you look nice kind of you know neighbor and her death scene is just so <laughs> it's so ridiculous <laughs> tell people about the death scene brian i want you to talk about what, what's the setup for the death scene for everybody <laughs> yeah help me out here from missing any details um yeah what, what is the wish she makes when that causes her oh god pull up villains wiki my man yeah pull up the Just wiki pull yeah, come up. on you pull up the it, wiki. always gotta have it next to you um <laughs> but she's in her kitchen what is she like chopping like celery or something right she's making dinner and this is after by the way she makes the wish about the fortune about the fortune okay yes so, uh, putting stuff in her garbage disposal, and then what is it? So there, there's something behind her that's like going off. Is it the? Well, yeah, it's the stove, the stove because she's got the water boiling on the stove while yeah. also she's trying to like reach into the garbage disposal because like oh something's <laughs> stuck, and noticeably she's right by because like the way where like the switches is like right by like her like waste area, which is for yeah. the record mm-hmm. like a very bad place to put. Whoever designed Weird. this baffling, house. terrible, terrible place to put that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, yeah, she's trying to like turn off the stove. So there's a lot of tension of like, oh, is she can turn off the stove. Is she going to like accidentally turn on the garbage disposal while she's like reaching in? And then she takes the stuff out and then she like, you know, washes off her hands and stuff. And then she tries using the garbage disposal again and then it clocks again. And then noticeably, like, she intentionally moves her head so that her long braid can get close to the garbage disposal. <laughs> And I love, then the tension just becomes like, oh, there's a shot of, like, the ending in this movie is so weird. And this is a great example of it. We're like, there's a shot of the switch, then a shot of Sherilyn Finn, like, with her hand nowhere near the switch. And then she's, like, digging deep into the garbage disposal. And then it cuts back, and her hand just is, like, pushing the switch. It's, like, the same shot from earlier, where she turned it on. It's so dumb. And the, the weird, the weird, like, rhythm of this scene is, like, is is the stove going to kill her? Is the garbage disposal going to kill her? Like there is kind of that, like almost that, like almost like a, a final destination style, like tension of like, what's going to kill her. (laughs) But it's very weird. And it goes on for like, I feel like far too long. (laughs) Way (laughs) too long. And and like what actually kills her? She gets her hair stuck in the disposal and then like it snaps her neck or something. (laughs) Like it happens off screen and we hear a little snap, I guess. It does happen on screen, but it's just a weirdly edited sequence okay. in general, where it just looks like she's, like, it's facing the sink, got her, like, hair very close to the garbage disposal, turns on the garbage disposal, and then she, like, twists around so that her, like, she's facing, like, the window, and then her neck snaps there. <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no <laughs> sense. Why would her neck snap? I, I don't get it. I was, for a, for a bit, I was thinking she'd get scalped. But right. and I was wondering, like, holy shit, well, they're gonna do this? This is PG thirteen, right? This is like nowhere on par with anything they've done before. 
And then no, there's a little quick snap, and then we cut to like an image of her of her feet or something, and uh, yeah, it's it's a very 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 weird death. But I think all the deaths are weird. Like yeah. even like we mentioned Uncle August, but there's a, like Max has the weird thing where he's just eaten by rats apparently. Like I don't know how he Wait. died, the dog, because he's just found being eaten by little <laughs> oh, puppet rats right. for some <laughs> okay. reason. I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, her after uh, Cheryl and Finn, uh, Miss Deluca, by the way, you should mention her name. Um, then Gina, which is another weirdly constructed one, where like she's walking with her laptop and it's like the power's gone out and her cell phone is like falling out of the fire escape oh, where she yeah. was. Yeah. So if she's, she's like, out on oh, a fire, I... fire escape on like a stormy day, and she's out there for a good while. And so, like, you assume it has to happen there. This is the perfect setup for it. And uh, now she walks inside and and something else happens. Well, yeah, she walks inside because, like, oh, her phone fell, like, while she was using it outside. Because she was trying to get, like, service after her power went out. So she goes back inside her apartment. And then she walks down the hall where she has, by the way, this elaborate, like, bowl statue with very sharp, authentic horns that's just in the middle of her <laughs> fucking living room. Um, and, and then she somehow slips on the carpet. It doesn't look like her foot got, like, cut underneath it or that, like, she just slipped on it. For, she, she was just, just like, in the rain, you know? Like, maybe that's what right, I attributed yeah, good point. it to. Right, that she just slipped, and then her she gets impaled <laughs> seemingly through her eyes. We, don't, we never get a full shot because, like you mentioned, this is a PG-13 movie, and it's constantly trying to cover up. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this was, like, maybe gotten R and they had to cut around it very awkwardly, mm. based on especially all yeah. these death scenes, how they're edited. Um, but, yeah, that's very weird. Um, then the Meredith's fall from the elevator, which we got to we oh gotta set gosh. this up, because this is fucking <laughs> this, nuts. This one's like, there's... This, this one. I, I like this one a lot. <laughs> so her recurring sort of gag, along with, like, was being very excited about the bully being, like, rotting from her skin, having to amputate pinkies and stuff um is like oh i love this like monster pokemon go game where like i'm the best at it like this random (laughs) dumb phone game that she like is obsessed with so like goes upstairs and like she like sees a zombie or something right like through the vr or ar on the phone but like it's like so perfect like a game can't look like that and she knows it's on the 42nd floor i gotta go up to the 42nd floor of this hotel because the zombie i need to catch in my monster hunting game is there (laughs) Right, because all those AR games are very good about telling you what specific, like, level of a building <laughs> these things are in <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, so she, like, goes up the elevator. Meanwhile, we should mention, this is being cut in between, like, they're over at this hotel, while uh, the girls, while uh, Ryan Philippe is off driving, and he gets, like, a flat tire. So he has to stop over on the road. Uh, yeah, and so it's cut like... in between this, where, like, there's the constant tension of, like, oh, he's trying to change the tire but he, like, loses something underneath the, the, the car, so he's got to go get it. And then it's like, oh, is he going to get crushed by the car? No. But then a car comes up with, like, a tire that just <laughs> flings out for some reason. And his, his, his like, tire head. rolls down, and then the car, like, hits it. Right. Which yes. causes it to, like, ba-doing, like, bump. <laughs> Fly perfectly at his head, and he dodges it. Right before even he has the jack, though, there's also the bit where, like, he just gets out of the car and all of a sudden, like, Dom Toretto and whatever Fast and Furious <laughs> character just yeah, there comes Tokyo drifting down the road. They're filming a Fast and Furious hits. movie. Yes. <laughs> it's This is canon in the Fastverse, I'm calling it. This, this definitely happens, I don't know, in between uh, f- uh, five and six, this happens. I'm, 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 that's what I'm saying. Be careful um, what you but, wish for. Oh, no. That's what this needs. They need Vin to play, like, the... The Wishmaster type villain. 
<laughs> one of these movies. But anyway, so that's being cut in between, like, uh, all the, the, the three girls hanging out in the, the hotel. And while um, Meredith is going up the various floors, um, they're t- t- Barb and Claire are talking back and forth <laughs> about just like, oh, are you, you wished again? You keep wishing on the box? You got to stop. It sounds like a, a friend of yours who was a drug addict. Like this conversation going <laughs> yeah. back and forth. And then... Um, Meredith loses track of Bloody Mary or whatever. She's like, ah, shit, I guess I better go back downstairs. And then the elevator immediately starts conking out. And then she calls Claire. It's like, hey, I'm stuck up here. Uh, and then the elevator starts going full Tower of Terror, plunging <laughs> to the depths. And I just, I love the editing where it cuts between, like, Barb and Claire and then up to, like, the elevator, like, kind of falling and then, like, they cut in some bits of her, like, jumping around in the elevator, but it's, like, fractions of frames that these things are presented in. It's so wild that this, like, major theatrical release got editing this choppy. <laughs> yeah, and then and then she, like, the elevator crashes, and she's got, like, a gigantic, the biggest shard of glass you've ever seen in, like, the middle of her chest. Yes. It's, like, comically big. <laughs> right. It's... It's so insane, but you loved this death, Siobhan. This is your favorite. Oh, yeah, it's it was so good. like the, <laughs> it's. You can tell this is the one they put the most budget into, and like I think mm-hmm. uh, the, the correct me if I'm wrong, but like I, I have a, a memory of like the elevator falling, and uh, we're seeing it from the outside, and like there's all this shit like around the elevator, like ornaments or whatever, like decorating the. Yeah. decorating the elevator uh, shaft from the outside that's like all breaking apart too like and like electricity flying and stuff and uh, like it, it is more than it needs to be I think it was like they, they put a lot of I don't know pomp and circumstance into it that I liked it, it is a it is like a, a, a wildly like big kind of like set piece right yeah. the other ones have kind of been pretty small like the woman kind of like yeah gets like you know stabbed in her like in the loft and whatever but this was like old a man bonks his head in a tub yeah <laughs> and then like big elevator like crashes in a hotel it's very like it's it's surprisingly ambitious for what this movie has shown you up until this point what would you say that's your favorite death brian <sighs> oh man <sighs> i don't know i know it's not a death i do like the like her asking the fr- or wishing the friend the bully to rot, um, I, I think mm-hmm. it's admittedly a little funny, um, as mean as it like is. It's particularly like her the, the bully's like friend who just is constantly like taking pictures with his cell phone, yes. but uh, like particularly like right after like oh my like literally her his first reaction like oh my yep. god click, click but click. also like the way that they like they go to her after school and they're like we're starting a GoFundMe. There's like and and her the way that like her friends are like and we're supposed to care which is <laughs> i just, I just yeah. uh, yes <laughs> fuck you meredith's amazing burn of go fund this <laughs> yes, and two little fingers <laughs> amazing um just these so... are our protagonists we are supposed yeah. to care about these people yes. <laughs> <laughs> they also never like talk about what's going like the bully is pre- presumably like in the hospital like you know, in critical condition, and, like, they never talk about her, they never bring her up, um, or anything, which I think is funny. But she does come back for, admittedly, my favorite diff, uh, which we'll talk about, because it's the ending of the movie, but we'll... <laughs> I, <laughs> we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I will say, I, you know what? I, I think I, I think uh, Cheryl and Finn t- Finn's death is my favorite, just because of how elaborate it yeah. is and kind of clunky, and I love her, and it's you know, uh, almost disrespectful how like it treats her, but I, I don't know, <laughs> I, I like seeing her at anything, so I think it's, I think she's great. I'll at least give before we talk about that that death I was kind of referencing. We should shout out the penultimate death, which is uh, when Ryan Phillippe's with the chainsaw. This is my favorite. Is like I take it back. That's that's my favorite one. I take it back. (laughs) I forgot about that one. Right where this is this is after like uh, Claire wishes for her mother to be alive again. And I love that, by the way, where, like, her mom is suddenly back, like, oh, it's your birthday. And then, like, the two twin <laughs> sisters come out, which I love. Those, God bless those little girls, are so f- awkward <laughs> in the best story. Just come in, just like, it's your birthday, happy birthday, yay. And they leave. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but, yeah, so she has two twin sisters now, and her mom's back, and her dad's not, like, a weird dumpster diver. It's all wonderful. Um, and then we hear, like, the chainsaw outside. And Claire's like, oh, no, wait, a death's going to happen. I think it's going to be my dad. And then I love that she comes out and, like, they're trying to make, like, the ironic twist of, like, oh, no, her distracting him and him turning around and then getting accidentally chainsawed. Like, she caused it, basically. And it's like, oh, this is an ironic twist. But then (laughs) I just love, like, the way that it comes off in the actual movie just feels like, oh, you're just being a little asshole. Once again, just, like, don't fuck with adults while they're, like, trying to use heavy (laughs) machinery like chainsaws. She does, like... She does like call like like dad no, and then like the him Ryan Phillippe and his like his like friend who's holding the chainsaw do like a comic like huh like turn to the camera <laughs> with the chainsaw. They do make the home improvement noise. They're doing home improvement, so it's only appropriate. <laughs> they make Tim Allen noises. The way the chainsaw goes, it it looks like it just like slices his back or something. Like it, it, I, I would think right. His head it, they're trying get to say like off. he gets decapitated. Yeah, I would think his head right. should get cut yeah. off. But the way it goes, it doesn't look like that. It looks like it's just cutting his back a bit. <laughs> like like yeah, it sucked. Right, I don't know they got kind of nicked in the back, and you'd be like, oh ow, I, I'm gonna stop now, shoulders. but I'm not gonna like be. <laughs> Right, right, or something like that. Because the way they just edited, where it's just like Ryan Philippe looking over, like what? Uh-huh. And then the chainsaw like swings behind him, <laughs> and then they cut immediately to Joey King with like getting little dripples of blood <laughs> on her face. <laughs> uh, um, okay, the flashback has that happened yet, or does that happen after this? The flashback to like, oh no, we need to talk about yeah, that though. We do. Yes, that happened a bit earlier. This was after. This was like. Um, when fucking uh, Ryan has like the giant pin board that he's like connecting all the dots with, like in his room. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just talks about yeah, there's this whole flashback that happens where he reveals sort of like the backstory of like who pre- previously owned this box, and it's this like whole flashback to like a scene that feels like this is like a clip from the prequel movie, um, where it's this man who like apparently has lost his entire family because of the box. And then the sort of spear that's in the box, like, uh, grabs him, essentially, takes his soul. And, Siobhan, who plays this random guy? How the fuck did this happen? Cheryl and Fenn, Cheryl and Fenn, they're, they're casting her as an actress in the movie. This is a cameo. Why the fuck is Jerry O'Connell a cameo in Wild. this movie? Who is that cameo for? Why did this happen? Jerry O'Connell, of all people. The specific celebrity they pick, the 
the, the actual like weird way this whole scene is shoehorned in, yeah. like every single thing about it just feels like it. It feels almost like they're trying to set up like a prequel, like there's gonna be like an Annabelle creation <laughs> to wish upon of some sort. They're trying to set up. And, like, did they promise Jerry O'Connor, like, we'll give you a starring vehicle if you do this cameo here for the, the Wishiverse? <laughs> right. The WUU, as it were. <laughs> I mean, they do they do leave it at, uh, an, an open-ended, uh, I mean, I'm skipping around a bit, but the, the, the like, post-credits scene, I guess you could call it. The, the mid-credits mid-credit scene. scene. Right, yes. Did you see the mid-credits scene, Siobhan? I, I'm not remembering it. Oh yes, yes, yes! I remember. I remember. Yes, really right. Set it up for right. wish upon yes. to uh, wish again. Wish harder. Wish, wish harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god! But you know, before we we talk about that, we gotta talk about like the ending of this movie, which I know we're going all over the place. Yeah. But I just I want to talk about because it is my absolute favorite thing about this movie. That like so after like all these deaths happen, particularly of her dad, she's like, oh, you know, I'm gonna wish that we like uh, that everything will go back to before I ever found you. And I can make sure this doesn't happen. And so she, like, manages to grab the box and goes over to school uh, where her dad, like, by the way, we didn't set this up, but her dad loves dumpster diving specifically in the dumpster right outside of the school, (laughs) which anyone objectively would be like, don't do that to your kid. (laughs) If you're going to do that, do that elsewhere or wait until, I don't know, they're all inside before in like 30 minutes, probably before this, uh, when her mother comes back to life, she goes up and looks at the paintings that her mother made and her mate, her mother made a painting painting of this oh, right. of the of the box has she never looked right. at those paintings before that her mother made yeah never like never not once there's no interest no hmm. I, I know that it is supposed to be like a big reveal for joey king's character but we see at the beginning of the movie her like mother in the flashback like throw away a an object that looks Hmm, a surprising like the same shape as the box in the in the movie and she like wraps it in like a like a what like paper mache or something and like throws it away and so it's like oh yeah she owned the box that's like we already knew that as the audience i know it's supposed to be a big reveal for her but it's it it, it comes across across quite you know just kind of flat where it's like yeah we knew that already <laughs> Right, yeah, they didn't really hide it that well necessarily. But anyway, so after like she wishes like to go back, then she gets the box and goes over to Ryan. With keep in mind, none of the knowledge of like any of the stuff that had happened before is like on Ryan because this is all like taking place like in a world where we made all that stuff disappear. She she just keeps saying about like oh you know we need to like here's this box I need you to like bury it somewhere. Don't ask any questions. Also, I dig on the multiverse, which is referring to. Their wonderful conversation where he just says, like, you dig on multiverses? Where he just, like, the, the worst game of just being like, oh, you know, in some alternate universe, uh, maybe we're uh, we're friends or, or dating. Like, score, dude. Great. Always works. Wonderfully. But, um, but, yeah, so, like, all that stuff didn't happen, but she references, like, multiverses. And he says, like, whoa, you dig on multiverses? And she's like, yep, I, I do. Um, and we should totally be boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, let's do that. Anyway, bye. And then she walks into the street and immediately gets hit by the bully's car. And she flies to another car. This is, like, one step above, like, Final Destination. Where, like, in Final Destination, like, there's the great, like, the bus scene. Where somebody gets, like, run over. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is shocking. Uh, but this goes into, like, full-on, like, scary movie parodying that bit. But being sincere about it. Which is a shot of Joey King, like, flying in, like, a U-shape. <laughs> like, up... And then down onto the other car and slamming. 
is so missing. <laughs> There's so much stuff in this movie, I forgot that happened. I forgot that our main character dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the final note of the movie <laughs> yeah. there. But I mean, there's... This moment is so silly. Like, because it, it is supposed to be, like, within the context of, context of the movie, a very, like, you know, the whole crux of the movie of, like, this whole, like, be careful what you wish for concept. Like, she got her comeuppance because she was, like, a a, a real asshole to everyone, first off. Yeah, the monkey's yes, paw yes. thing. Yeah. But it is just so... Yeah, just the way that it's edited, the way that you're watching it, it is so hilarious. <laughs> um, just, just the shot that it holds on her of like her like face, like as she's lying there, it's just like this is ridiculous and so just so silly. Hundred <laughs> percent, it's amazing. But I mean, there's all sorts of other stuff. Like that's the ending of the movie, but there's so much other stuff we didn't really like talk about. Like we didn't talk about. Like we referenced the saxophone. The, the saxophone. Oh, his. His jam band. <laughs> right, where after, like, after this, the fourth wish, where she wants her dad to stop being a dumpster diver. So he becomes a musician, and he picks up the saxophone, and has just the most amazing, like, careless whisper <laughs> level. Uh, like, saxophone playing. That's so amazing, to the degree that, at a certain point, like, he's playing with his jam band in their new house after they, like, won Uncle August's fortune. And fucking Barb from Stranger Things... Is just looking at her dad and then says, uh, your dad, I, I don't want this to be weird, but your dad is serious hot sauce. <coughs> like, sriracha. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, we all know the hottest hot sauce there is. Sriracha. sriracha. Right. Especially, I guess accurate for like, I believe Barb thinks that's the hottest <laughs> hot sauce possible. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> um, but, oh my God. Yeah, that, that moment. Just lives within my incredible brain. stuff. You're, you're just the, the sriracha. You're making high. a horror movie. They made a horror movie, right? <laughs> and this yes. is a the, right. Somebody wrote that. <laughs> well, because all the kids love sriracha, and Sriracha's they think dudes are hot right now. Yeah, so <laughs> we're gonna capitalize yeah. on this whole sriracha thing. <laughs> the sriracha trend, man. Those kids. <laughs> That truly, I think that's my favorite, like, non-deaf sort of, like, bizarre thing. Because that's, like, the epitome of what I'm talking about with, like, the whole... Uh, uh, somebody not realizing that that's not how young kids talk at all. It's, it's so I, good. Brian, I mean, I don't know. Is, do, you, do you call things sriracha hot all the time? Oh, the, yeah, that is. Like, I, I talk to you all the that's time. That's how I flirt all the time. Um, <laughs> it's such right. a funny scene of just, like, his reveal of, like, him jamming with his with his friends like just that they're playing like this nice like loungy jazz and it's just it's just such a weird such a weird scene um i do love that she, house she, that they moved into it's a great house but um what were you gonna say the, Siobhan? yeah the wish that got her dad there was i wish for my dad to be cool is that cool yes playing the saxophone so like cool. that is what that cool about? In a dad band, a hundred percent. It's sriracha hot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? Yeah. Barb. Barb confirmed it, but also is uh, has the box uh, manipulated the world into thinking that that's cool, or is it actually cool? I mean, that's these are the these deep are very, questions yeah. we ask. <laughs> uh. I um, uh, Thomas, you've just reminded me of an of another sort of weird plot line that we haven't really touched on, which is the. Uh, what is his name? Paul, the the boyfriend. Oh my god, the fucking the boyfriend. stalker. Paul. The stalker, basically. Yes. Which is, 
one of the wildest twists this movie takes, I think. My, probably the just craziest, in my opinion. Because um, what, what Tell is, people. So it's, it's the second wish, right, that she makes? That is, I wish Paul would fall in love with me. Per the wiki, okay. yes, that is. Thank that's you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you, villains. Um, wiki <laughs> music box. Speech. Yeah, and so like all that happens is what he just like stares at her all the time, and like sometimes we'll be like, "Hey, uh, how, how you doing? Uh, you're cool." Well, shout out to uh, the actor Mitchell Slaggart has the best goofy dumb he grin does. on his face. He really does. Like not at all a sexy sort of look whatsoever. He's just like, "Oh, you're yeah. pretty." <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. The scene that I remember is like the scene where he like she sits with him at lunch, um, but all of like his friends, yeah. the bullies, sort of like leave and are like, We hate you and then he's like, Well, I, I like you, I think you're cool <laughs> and then they just continue eating lunch awkwardly. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, they they end up becoming a couple under this weird duress and then after a certain point he like shows her pictures like you look here's you sleeping you sleep so beautifully and she's like uh and like i don't think this is fun anymore i think we should intercut there've been like uh, scenes at night where she's like seen someone outside her window and like heard a noise or whatever yes. and like been like hi who is who is that who's out there um yes but go on <laughs> but yeah it, it so ends up revealing that that scene i'm talking about reveals that it's the boyfriend and she says, like, oh, I want to break up. I don't think we should be together anymore. And then he comes back and wearing a hoodie. And she's like, I can't live without you. Please say that we're not over. And then he takes out a knife. And you think, oh, is he going to kill her? And then he attempts to commit suicide. And the, once again, the editing here is amazing. Where, like, he cuts his arm from, like, the like the wrist down. As opposed to, you know, like, the across. Um, and then, like, they have that lingering shot. Of, like, the blood dripping. And then she screams, immediately smash cut to, like, him inside the ambulance. <laughs> yeah. Just, fucking ridiculous. Just the whole sequence is great. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is such a bizarre <laughs> subplot. Such a weird thing. It, it is just so weird because she's, like, I'm in the car. is like, I'm breaking up with you. And he's, like, he's basically, like, what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, does yeah, not compute, no. <laughs> and he's like, but I, he's like, but I, but I love you. This is, it is just so weird that that's like, I don't know. Is like, is the box manipulating him? Is that what he, the box thinks that love is? Like, I'm kind of going, going deeper than I think I should, but it just, it got me raising so many questions as to yeah. the logic. Yeah, he, he goes beyond love. He's like totally creepily obsessed. Yeah, uh, that's not love. <laughs> Well, especially when, like, they have the whole, like, the sort of outcome of it, where it's like, you know, any of these wishes, like, most of them kind of, like, dissipate. There's, like, some ironic twist to, to any of them, like, yeah. which I love how, like, it ranges from, like, this, where it's, like, Paul ends up becoming, like, a creepy stalker, or then, like, with Uncle, with Uncle August's fortune is my favorite, where, like, just suddenly the IRS comes by and, like, I can't believe someone didn't pay their taxes for 10 years. And then they go back to their house. Like, it's so weird, but, like, sort of the twist that they try and do. Their old house is ready and waiting for them, too. They can just move right back in. They didn't sell it. Right, they didn't sell it. They just had it there. (laughs) Oh, man. Are there any other details we haven't mentioned yet that anyone wants to shout out? 
Uh, not that I can think of. My, but I'm just getting. I okay. I'm gonna go back to. I think it was 2008. <clears throat> I went to the movie Prom Night, uh, the remake of Prom Night, uh, with uh, a yes. few friends for somebody's birthday, and it was a it was a full theater, and uh, full full of uh, you know dumb teens around the age of the characters in the movie, and uh, I just distinct like I remember every single person in the theater laughing at like everything that happened and like watching this movie uh really just brought me back to that crowd like i could imagine a big full crowd of people just going nuts laughing at all the stupid shit that happens in this movie and like having a great time and like i just i want to be in that crowd that's 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 my like takeaway from the movie i think I don't think that crowd technically would have existed well, having seen yeah, it theatrically. But, <laughs> uh, but that, that that crowd didn't quite exist. Even though I will say, I do remember people like snickering. <laughs> Did you see it in the theater? Yeah, because I saw it for that horror movie Holy podcast. Shit. I saw a Jesus, lot of bullshit dude. in the theater. <laughs> I'm part of the $23 million this movie <laughs> made. God bless you. Yeah, for sure. I'm keeping the wish upon cult alive. Um, but, Brian, are there any other details or anything you want to shout out? Any final thoughts about I wish mean, upon? I thought I had during while I was watching this movie is a I thought of a movie that we talked about recently, Thomas, which was uh, uh, Talk to Me, which I thought about a lot yes. during this movie because it has kind of a similar plot of like a bunch of teenagers find an object that has like supernatural powers and one of them gets more than they bargained for kind of thing. And, you know, this is so much like a, where the, that kind of plot goes wrong is with a movie like wish upon where it is just so nonsensical and so ridiculous and has so many weird plot twists and weird plot lines that just are, insane and this is nowhere near as good as a movie like talk to me but this is so entertaining and <laughs> is like a great example of a a, a a bad movie it is a bad movie but it, it is so fun and i think would definitely this is the type of movie that like you would have on when you have like a bunch of people over and you're just playing it like in the background yes. or in like you know, people are drinking and smoking, whatever, and it, it it is so fun, and I'm I'm sure it would play so great with a with a crowd, and especially with like people you know. Yeah, but what a weird, silly, dumb little movie. <laughs> I will say I have done that where I've shown this movie to people, and they always walk away satisfied, <laughs> just out on that with that with you set up the expectations for that so bad it's good kind of concept. Uh, they really dig on it, but. I mean, I just wanted to, like, shout out a few sort of stray things. Like, one, I love that their fake version of Instagram in this movie is called Pixapost. Pixapost? P-I-X-A-P-O-S-T. <laughs> Amazing. So good. Um, also, just some of the weird insults that Meredith throws out. Like, we mentioned, like, go, go fund this. But also, like, she calls uh, the villain at one point, like, the, the bully, a bird ass. <laughs> okay. And then um, there's... Uh, a certain point where she calls somebody bitch sauce. Bitch sauce is a pretty good insult. I like what, that one actually. It's it's a little hotter than sriracha. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, true. Bitch sauce is a bit higher. Yeah. That's true. It's in between ghost pepper and sriracha. Is <laughs> bitch sauce. Um, or, or something like, um, at one point, Ryan calling his cousin a slut for wontons. <laughs> that one, that one's good. <laughs> just, just real dialogue. Oh, I wish I would have said that at the beginning. <laughs> Would you consider yourself a slut for one time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's so good. Another, like, just scene I think is funny that I just thought about as well is, like, towards the end when... I think it's before the where the scene where her dad her dad's, like, shoulders get chopped. Um, <laughs> where, like, she picks up the box and is, like, yelling at the box. <laughs> like, I can control you. I can, like, it is... The, uh, right, yeah, her scene partner is this box She's like, you, you think you got me, motherfucker? You think you got me? <laughs> it's great, it's so ridiculous <sighs> <laughs> That's the thing, yeah, this is definitely a movie where, like, I've watched it multiple times So I've come back to it with, like, just all these different things Like, I think particularly, like, the bitch sauce was the thing I noticed <laughs> this time <laughs> It's just, like, you just pick up details that are insane with this thing And um, I, I find it just so interesting in the way that we we're talking, because I, like I said, I watched so many of these fucking, like, attempting to be a Blumhouse movie from, like, 2013 when I started on that horror podcast through 2018 when I stopped. I watched, like, every single, like, dumb horror release that came up, particularly in, like, a January. This was a summer release, uh, but it kind of feels like the best of a January movie <laughs> in terms of just, yeah. like, all of the ri- ridiculous ideas it has about, like, how teens talk to each other how the mechanics of this music box work how any of these people sort of are acting in any individual moment it just feels like so bizarre but in a way like we mentioned like it's just it's never boring like i saw plenty of those from around like that that era like plenty of those horror movies that just felt like so boring and forgettable and i've completely lost them from my mind uh wish upon is not one of those i would definitely recommend for sure this is a great like brian was kind of mentioning sort of like a a party movie like, if you're having a Halloween party and you want to watch, like, a dumb horror movie with everybody, this is a great sort of crab-pleasing uh, bad movie that's incredibly just so fun to watch. Oh, for yeah. sure. And definitely, I think, deserves a bit more than being, like, stuck in the past. Like, sort of, like, being forgotten to time. I want the Wish Upon cult to start out. I'm, I'm single-handedly, like, the the priest of the Wish Upon cult. Totally, totally. Anytime this is, pl- I, I could absolutely put this on at any time. Just have it play in the background, and I, and like look up every now and then and be like, "Oh, that's silly," <laughs> and I could and mildly enjoy myself. Like, I, I this movie is cool. This movie is cool. Yeah, I'll just uh, leave us off with uh, this is an actual bit that I got from an interview with uh, John Arlene Eddy around this movie, where apparently during filming the scene of Jonathan in his car with a flat tire was pulled quote from Leonetti right out of our asses <laughs> to serve as a diversion. <laughs> like, that was apparently not in the script, and I just came up with that on the fly, and it kind of feels like that movie, the movie has that weird kind of, like, freeform jazz say, quality. The, just the like, movie fuck feels it, no. kind of pulled out of their asses a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, but in, in a wonderful yeah. way. Where it feels like, in the, it's like in cartoons where, like, they have, like, the, the bridge they want to try and make from, like, one side of the canyon to the other, and they just put, like, wood planks, like, on as they're like walking in front basically <laughs> just they're building the bridge as they go <laughs> in order for it to work that's what this movie kind of feels like in the best way but yeah let's go ahead and uh, get to our regular segment between the lines 
So uh, for every episode, uh, Brian and I, and a guest, if they are so inclined, uh, will bring up a movie to recommend that is kind of related to the movie we're talking about, or maybe fits as another E for egregious in this case picks, or what matches to the letter. And uh, I'm going to start off here. And uh, the movie I'm starting off with here is one that I would kind of put in a similar camp to uh, Wish Upon, in terms of being a very entertaining film that's maybe not the best made necessarily, but I find it incredibly fascinating. It's called The Last Vampire on Earth, uh, which came out in 2010. And if you look at any of the posters or stuff for this movie, it's very clearly trying to evoke uh, Twilight, which was very popular at the time, (laughs) and has a very similar sort of Twilight-ish setup in which um, a young lady is in high school in a theater program uh, where she's like practicing for the play and who walks into audition but this incredibly alluring young man who looks like a 35-year-old dude who could be a teacher instead of <laughs> like a fellow student um, who has very similar sort of like the Robert Pattinson-esque hair and his attire. He's trying to evoke the sort of Edward thing, uh, but he does not necessarily look it, but the movie 100% believes he is like the hottest guy, Sriracha hot, if you will. <laughs> Uh, this guy and um, this movie I think is fascinating because it's clearly done like so budget from I just want to shout out this director one for his amazing work here but his name um, Vitaly Versace <laughs> oh that's an Italian man that is yes, an Italian, Italian man, man right there um, that's an... yes his work on this movie though was so amazing because it is such a baffling film where like there are so many moments where like they try and build up the mythology of like, oh, how does this vampire kid survive? And there's literally just a shot that's like, it all looks like it's shot on like DV cam. And there are so many moments where like, he'll go over to a guy who's like running the blood drive. So like basically buy blood off of him. And he literally just like tosses over a couple crumpled up dollar bills and then gets like a cooler full of blood. (laughs) (laughs) And and there's like, so many twists and turns about, like, uh, the, the there's a big factor of the, the main girl is the daughter of the local priest. And so there's this weird, like, religious angle where they kind of imply that maybe the the vampire family is, like, formerly Mormon or is Mormon. It's weird. It has, like, so many bad things. There's a whole scene where, like, the love where the, the vampire goes over to the house of uh, the young uh, lead of the movie, her family. And it's this weird family that's, like, these two parents who are feel like they don't are not quite sure they're in a movie and then a little boy who constantly is just like eating this like chicken they're all eating like this fried chicken and it's just like this constant scene of like with various different like continuity errors and issues where like how much chicken is on the plate disappears depending on the shot it's it's just it's that kind of movie and leads to like i think one of my favorite incredibly insane climaxes that involves someone revealing that they have a certain blood disease while somebody's about to be, like, burned at the stake. It's insane. It's wild stuff. I would definitely recommend to anybody. I'm guessing neither of you have heard of this movie. Uh, no, never heard of it, but I, I'm reading the description here uh, that you get from when you Google this movie, um, and I'm, I'm intrigued. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I'll just go ahead and read it. Uh, Chloe reaches out to a shy and pale student named Aurelius, and surprising things happen. <laughs> yep. That's pretty accurate, yeah, I would that's, say. That's intriguing. Definitely, it's one of these movies that's like on Tubi all the time. I would firmly recommend it. It's like a great Tubi watch. <laughs> but yeah, Brian, what about what's your recommendation? Yeah, um, seeing as this is kind of a uh, Wish Upon is a, a, a late 2010s kind of forgotten movie in a way uh, that also is 
borrowing a lot from from Blumhouse. I'm going with a similar movie that I'm sure most people have forgotten about, but I was thinking about it the other day for some weird reason. Um, I'm recommending the 2018 film Slender Man. Remember this movie, everyone? Um, oh yeah, Joey King's yes. in that, isn't she? Joey King is in this movie. I, I don't mean to amazing to, to to make fun of Joey King or anything, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Slender Man. Remember when they made a movie about Slender Man? It was uh, it was really bad. I remember seeing this in theaters, and uh, it was just a nothing movie, just a really bad horror movie that I, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it the other day, and just kind of like pondering on, on this movie, and kind of thinking about watching it. But it is not necessarily the so bad it's good. Uh, category that we've been talking about more just a regular bad movie but uh I don't know I was <laughs> just thinking about it so yeah I'm gonna recommend Slender Man because why not yeah there could easily be a good Slender Man movie and it's I so could. weird that it hasn't happened right yeah yeah well I mean I think I know why because I remember when this came out was not too long after like the whole thing with like the the two kids, yeah, who, yeah, were like tried oh, to kill right. each other or whatever. I think that stink was kind of like still on. Because remember the documentary from HBO, I think was like the year prior, and then like this kind of came on. There's like all that sort of controversy around. It. I feel like that kind of killed the momentum of like any future Slender Man movie, along with this movie just coming out and being terrible sure. and not doing sure, very yeah. well. Um. Okay, my recommendation. Yes, I went. I went for a good movie. This is a good movie. Great movie. Um, I went along the lines of PG, uh, campy horror comedy. Um, and I think uh, this one knows what it wants to be a lot better. And it's also set at a school. It's a college, but not a, but still it's a school, school movie. Uh, Happy Death Day. Uh, just yes. super fun, really great horror comedy. I love it so much. Um, no, no, no supernatural stuff, but, uh, well, actually a little, but, 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 it's a kind of more of a traditional slasher, but uh, just a super, super fun, great movie. Uh, yeah, I really dig Happy Death Day. I think Christopher Landon, who's a director, I think has done an incredible job because he did the the Happy Death Days and Freaky, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is very underrated. Actually, you know what? Freaky's um, actually in high school, so maybe I should recommend Freaky because it is a riot. Well, would you rather do that? You want you want to start that Can over? Can we restart this episode? <laughs> oh boy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this episode never happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am curious, Siobhan, do you do you like Happy Death Day to you as well, or? Uh, I am ashamed to say it. I have yet to see Happy Death Day to you. Really? I know. I I really like Happy Death Day. I think Happy Death Day t- to you might might be better. I have that take as well. I, I like both the movies, but I think Happy Death Day to You just is a weird thing. Where if you don't know what Happy Death Day is about out there, it's about like this woman in college who ends up getting in a sort of Groundhog Day style time loop where she keeps like reliving the same particular day over and over again. And she's being chased by a slasher. Um, and I think the first movie does a pretty good job of like that sa- that basic concept. And then Happy Death Day to You, without spoiling it, uh, goes really sci-fi. In a really interesting yeah. way, it becomes like almost Back to the Future two esque, in terms of like 
the mythology <laughs> shakings that they kind of have about it. It's a bummer that didn't do well, too, because I remember that, like, he's... Uh, Landon said he wanted to do a third one and maybe even cross over with Freaky at a certain point. I bet it'll happen. With those characters, I which I would have loved to have seen. I don't... Because the 2U didn't do very I don't well. care. That's I the reason there hasn't been a 3 yet. It'll happen. There'll be the legacy sequel. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's 40 years old. It's true. Back into the the baby mascot. Track. All of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which out, uh, Jessica Roth is that actor. She's amazing. Yeah, she's in those great. Movies. Yeah. Like she really sells uh, how how good those fucking movies are. But yeah, um, let's go ahead and just repeat our titles for everybody out there. Um, my title was the 2010 film uh, The Last Vampire on Earth. Uh, mine was the 2018 film Slender Man. And mine is the 20 something Happy Death Day. 17. 17. 17. Same year as Wish yeah. Upon. <laughs> a great, a great year. Yeah. Nothing, ba- nothing bad was happening. No. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> nothing bad. Uh, well, uh, on that note, uh, let's go ahead and start getting into our ending here that we are uh, going to be you know, talking about some stuff. We got to thank some people as uh, we exit out of the show. Uh, we want to thank uh, Burial Grid for our music for the show. Purchase this music at burialgrid.com. Uh, thanks to Michelle Kyle for her artwork. Follow her at mishkyle96. And uh, thanks to our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash cinema number two letter for the just the price of $1 uh, a month. You get various bonus things that we put out. Like so far recently we would have put out um, our Friday the 13th big full franchise discussion. Um, and uh, the one from last month, the Toy Story sort of full franchise we did as well from back in September, as well as we put out, like, audio reviews all the time of uh, recent releases, like, we would have put out, like, Exorcist the Believer, the Creator, I believe we're also going to be doing around the same time as uh, the next one, which is a Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese movie, which we're both very excited about. Uh, but, yeah, you get uh, access to that for just $1 on the Patreon. It really helps out, uh, keeps the show afloat, as it were. Uh, but we need to thank someone else here, of course, Siobhan <laughs> Thank you so much for being on yes, the show. Thank you. Really appreciate the the incredible energy you bring to, to any podcast you're on. Uh, please plug yourself. Where can people find you on the well, internet? Well, thank you boys for having me. I had a fun time, really fun time. Um, I'm going to plug my main podcast. We will be coming back from hiatus pretty soon. It's called Have a Nice Apocalypse, uh, like Apocalypse, but with pod in there. Um, and we discuss and thoroughly break down the film Southland Tales uh, and the rest of Richard Kelly's work. Um, if you like Thomas Mariani, uh, he has been on two episodes of that show and probably going to be on a third. And if you like Brian and Thomas together... Uh, Marcelo Pico, my co-host on this Have a Nice Apocalypse, we had a summer blockbuster series, and we had both Thomas and Brian on for an episode about uh, Gran Turismo based on a true story from Gamer to Racer, and it was a very, very funny episode. Uh, w- one of the best podcasts I've ever made. Um, oh, thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JunkBlader if you want JunkBlader. Uh, that's it. Thank you. I'll also at least shout out um, on the Talk of Society uh, Patreon 
you and Marcelo do commentaries, and I was just listening to the big Saw one. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, we had a whole month of, uh, we called it Hello September. Uh, we did commentaries for every single Saw film, so if you could, uh, if you uh, sign up for the Talk Film Society Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety, you can listen to all of those if you're a Saw fan, and we do another commentary every month. Yes, it's a lot of fun. Uh, the two of you have a, a fun, witty repartee. Um, and it's uh, it's fun, especially with uh, the Saw movies, where I'm sure all of you out there have already seen Saw X multiple times. It's made a billion dollars by now in, like, mid-October. Everyone just mm-hmm. loves the Saw uh, One X. billion dollars, yes. America's Saw got Saw fever. One billion dollar grocery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone saw Saw <laughs> X. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can uh, find us on uh, Instagram... Facebook and Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, at Cinema Number Two Letter. That's where we'll be on the socials. Uh, and uh, you can find me on a place like Letterboxd and X and Blue Sky and whatnot as at Not the Who's Tommy. And you also do some writing at uh, MarianiThomas.wordpress.com and at Film-Cred.com. Yeah, and uh, you can find me still on Twitter, maybe uh, if it's still around at B R Y A N D R A D E Number Three. Uh, you can also follow me on Letterboxd as well, and uh, on uh, what what the fuck was the social media called from this movie? Like Pixa Post or something? <laughs> yeah, you oh, can find Pixa me Post? on Pixa Post. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all on Pixa Post. We're we're early adopters to Pixa. Yeah, Post. I hear it's 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 a, uh, it's a new Twitter. It's a really it's a great place actually. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure clearly. What would Elon do with the wish box? What, what would Elon wish for? <laughs> For his seven wishes, I wish I wish for uh, everyone to pay for Twitter. <laughs> and the ironic twist is, I don't know his his favorite bored ape avatar fucking checkmark guy dies <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Tragic, tragic. But uh, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts or other podcasting platforms. Uh, if you're uh, listening on Talk Home Society, you want to listen to all the other great shows, like, say, Siobhan's or any of the other various ones that are on there. And uh, you can also dig into our archives and our Podbean main feed for, like, all the first season, as well as, uh, you know, all the double-edged double bill stuff I used to do with Adam Thomas. Uh, all that's still archived up there. And nothing else, if you can't, you know, support us on the Patreon, we get it. Money can be tight. Uh, the free way to help us out is just to rate, review, or simply just share the show around uh, so, you know, people can see it. Don't bury it uh, under a bridge like Ryan did during that post credit scene, which we didn't talk about. But it's an amazing tease for, like, Wish Upon 2. <laughs> hey, he's going he's gonna to make some wishes. So good. <laughs> Oh, he'll make he'll make some wishes, all right. Yes, yes. Uh, but now, before we go, we should tease our next episode. Our M for masterpiece pick for this season, uh, the penultimate one, uh, is going to be "Let the Right One In," the 2008 film. Uh, you know, our first. Uh, well, no, I guess not technically, because Black Sabbath is our first foreign film, technically, because it was Italian. So right, but this is like full on, like not in English to any degree, not shot. And then dubbed over <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from English and whatnot. Uh, this is uh, from what? It's Norwegian, right? Scandinavia. Uh, I actually don't know where he is from. Let's. Uh, we'll find out. We'll, we'll have our research together next, next time, folks. So we'll <laughs> find out <laughs> the, the thrilling uh, conclusion. Sweden. Um, but I, I. Yeah. Sweden. Yes. 
Um, but yeah, that'll be next time. We'll be doing Let the Round One In and discussing various things about that movie, its remake, and all this other stuff. Uh, but until next time, everybody, stay sriracha hot. <laughs>